And now. Capital 263. Welcome to Politics and Beyond on Capital 263. My name is Christopher Farai Charamba. I'm Opeñu Makoni Matenga. And I'm Tawanda Henry BT. And yeah, welcome to the best political podcast across many countries. Um, by virtue of our guest today. And um, yeah, two episodes in a week, um, we had to have this emergency session because uh, every day was uh, was being shuffled or everyone was being shuffled. And um, we have a guest as well, um, someone who uh, perhaps Chris Opeño would probably be give, give a better intro. Um, but yeah, we have a doctor here. <laughs> <laughs> A real one amongst us, he walks amongst us. <laughs> a, a, a real one. <laughs> um, Ubenu, go ahead. Uh, uh-huh. You are the okay. Mm-hmm. The um, I'm just waiting for his bio to load because <laughs> it's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can ask so, him to talk about himself. No, no, because I feel like such an imminent, <laughs> such an in, imminent uh, uh, personality needs requires an introduction. So let me, you know, throw the rose petals on the ground and allow him to walk on them. So Dr. Miles Blessing Tendi is a departmental lecturer in politics at the University of Oxford. He is interested in in intellectual society and the state, the political role of African militaries, Southern African politics, especially Botswana, Zimbabwe, South Africa, Madagascar, Swaziland, and the role of regional organizations in crisis resolution in in Africa. He is a regular contributor to the Guardian newspaper UK and has provided political commentary for the BBC, CNN, Sky News, and Politics and Beyond. Welcome, Dr. Tindy. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, extensive. You know, um, it's all it's all downhill from here. By the way. <laughs> all, all protocol observe. All protocol observe. The protocol you, you, you know what I find funny is um, before we started recording, uh, Doctor Tendi was saying to me, "Kuti darasa guararem sangano." And now I find out, you know, he's he's there working with the BBC and the Guardian and all sorts of things. So I wonder, Dr. Anyatso Rasa Gwararem Sanga Nontia Ani Panapa. That's how you know. As long as we are all on the same page. Yeah, well, I think yeah. we're pretty much all. <laughs> no, um, yeah, thank you uh, for joining us today. Um, we 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 do appreciate having you here and look forward to what your thoughts are on the cabinet that was reshuffled um it had been a while since we've had a reshuffle actually uh and there were rumors a couple of weeks ago that it was going to happen and then the president finally announced and here we are with uh, an interesting sort of reshuffle um many think that the Lacoste faction has taken a huge blow. Okay. Do you think that? Who? Me? You. Yeah, no, I, I, I think um, once we start looking at the, the who's in, who's out, and, and where everyone's sort of been moved around, I could say that um, it, it looks like a... a if a, a, a battle victory for for the G40 faction 
don't know um, if you know. Or a resurgence of gamma talks. You could, it's just, you can look at it either way. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. It, 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 I uh, I know. I'm admittedly I'm outside, so I'm a little bit out of things. And uh, when you're out of things, um, not actually on the ground, as as you guys are, um, maybe you you miss what the real current is. But um, I was looking at things on Twitter and Facebook. I was struck by how, and I don't know how how much this translates to people's views on the ground, but I was just struck by how the conversation, um, the dominant narrative was about factions, um, when really there's an unfolding um, economic problem. And um, I would have thought the focus would have been on who took over the finance ministry and the macroeconomic ministry. Um, and um, uh, this kind of didn't get, uh, I thought anyway, um, the attention it deserved. It turned into Lacoste G40. And I was thinking to myself, um, but shouldn't this be about the economy? Uh, it really, if, 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 if what's on social media is what's on the ground, it's uh, quite a troubling um, observation about um, uh, uh, debate in Zimbabwean society right now. I'll have to say, I well, agree with you. Yeah, to 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 give us on the ground, Upenu is um, much better placed. I I recently emigrated to the UK. Henry's in <laughs> Australia. So, ah, so we all over the world. So, <laughs> Somebody should yeah. have told me. <laughs> you, so I said we're the best podcast across many countries by virtue of us being in many countries. Uh-huh. In the multiverse. Now we're the best yeah. in the multiverse. Listen, yeah. on the ground, I think it's from what I've seen and heard, people are more... Um, we're all making the Chinamasa jokes about him being a minister of WhatsApp and a Facebook... What is it? WhatsApp um, group administrator. Administrator yeah. in chief. Yeah. yeah. And I, I do agree with you. It's it's For me, it's concerning that we are not discussing the fact that, um, you know, the godfather of land barons, Ignatius Chombo, has now been given the keys to what's left in the piggy bank. Indeed. Or that Orbit Mpofu, who cannot account for the diamonds, <clears throat> um, is, is now, you know, that's troubling. But perhaps what it is is hysteria and, you know, we can't it can't be undone and there's they obviously not listening so what we can do is make jokes about chinamasa being <laughs> group administrator in chief so maybe that's that's our reaction to it yeah so um just i suppose we can just say who's what happened in the shuffle um reassigned ministers um Honorable Ignatius Chombo moved from Home Affairs to Minister of Finance and Economic Development. Patrick Chinamasa from Finance to Cybersecurity, Threat Detection and Mitigation. Um, Walter Mzembi from Tourism to Foreign Affairs. Uh, Obet Mpofu from Macroeconomic Planning to Home Affairs. Simbarashi Mbenge, from Foreign Affairs to Macroeconomic Planning and Investment Promotion. Um, Patrick Joual from Youth and Indigenization Empowerment to Public Service, Labor and Social Welfare. Uh, Savia Kosukuere has Rural Development added back to Local Government, uh, Rural Development and National Housing. 
Simon Kayamoyo uh, to Media Information and Broadcasting Services. Uh, he was in the President's Office as a Minister of State. Christopher Mshoid, Minister of State in the President's Office, responsible for national scholarships. And Maxini Shlongwane has arts and culture added back to sport and recreation. The new appointments, Edgar Mbwembwe, who was Deputy Minister of Foreign Affairs, is now Tourism, Environment and Hospitality Industry Minister. Uh, Hapiton Bonyongwe, who was Director of um, Intelligence, is now Justice, Legal and Parliamentary Affairs Minister. Kane Matema is now Minister of Welfare Services for War Veterans, War Collaborators former and former political detainees and restrictees. Um, Chiratizo Mabua is now Youth Development, Indigenization and Economic Empowerment Minister. She was Deputy Minister of um, Economic of industry, Deputy Minister of Industry. industry um, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, Zilema Tutu is now Minister of State for Mapetebel and North. Webster Shamu, back out from the cold, is Minister of State for Mashonal and West. And Paul Chimedza, Minister of State for Mashingo Province. So out, Priska Mfumira, who is uh, Minister of um, Public Service. Chinga Dube, Minister of War Vets. And Feba Chidarikire. So that's uh, the new what look. What did Chidarikire do? To get chucked out or where he was? <laughs> Both. Before, like. Where he was before. <laughs> yeah. Um, what? Chidari Kire was yeah, minister. one of the provincial ministers. No. Yeah. 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 I think Sham was replaced him. Yeah, ah. I think he was minister. Okay. Yeah, Mash West. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Leave him alone. Let's move on. So yeah, this is this is the 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 new cabinet, and I suppose um. I suppose we can start with the people. I mean, who to, are, to yeah. I was gonna say to the question of the of the economic, why people aren't focusing on it is that, I I mean I think it's it's as soon as everyone read that they were just like my my there must have been a collective sigh across the country. Could he? Oh no, I'm not serious. So, you know, you focus on the things that are that at least because. He, um, the, the thief in chief, you know, Chombo, as minister of finance, is is unfathomable. I don't. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, with with regards to 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 looking at the issue of the economy and and what's happened there, um, you've had Chinamasa, who many people have said, you know, in commentary that he should um, step down because of how badly he's he's run the economy but nobody and when the shuffle was announced you know there was speculation that he'd be one to be moved but nobody expected um chombo to be his replacement and it's 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 well known corruption allegations and it doesn't seem to i mean his capabilities don't seem to suggest that he's the right man for the job so it's it's quite puzzling but you know we'll just have to see how that appointment then translates all right i mean i would like to hear what the what the good doctor has to say um in as far as as chombo specifically and maybe the cri- the criteria that was used was certainly not a, a meritocracy so it wasn't certainly on on his 
on his talents or his ability to manage uh, an economic portfolio. But it, perhaps there's some political reasons that he was uh, selected in terms of what he's willing to do for the party and for the president. Um, I don't know what what the doctor thinks about that that idea of of his merit. <laughs> call me Miles. Call me Miles, please. Um, 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 I, look, I want to go back first, if I can, to this um, the notion of uh, you know we we poke fun at things. Um, you know, we crack jokes, we we create the memes, all of that online. I understand it. It's it, it's one way of um, you could say coping with the absurdities, the governmental absurdities that go on in Zimbabwe. I, I, can, I can totally understand that. I appreciate it. But while that's effective, you know, it's a way of coping um, with the, the absurdities of government, um, I think it, it's also a danger in the sense that um, it also then makes the, the, the discourse and actions quite impotent. Mm. You know, we, 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 we then crack jokes about it, we laugh about it, and then we move on, right? So what? Nobody's making serious economic arguments and getting angry about things to the point where people take actions to actually get things done, i.e. even if it's showing up to register at polling stations or not that I'm advocating violence or anything of that sort, but some kind of protest. So I think that this is the it's effective coping, but I think it's 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 made um, society quite quite impotent. We laugh it off. And we move on. Nothing changes. Another thing happens. Another absurdity happens. Um, and we laugh it off uh, and we move on. I find that troubling. Wouldn't political parties or opposition polit- political parties be the ones to sort of bring the conversation into into a focus? Um, <coughs> is it, or is there anyone within the society who should um, sort of bear the responsibility of that? I don't think um, it's up to opposition parties at all, or um, others may want to even say perhaps even intellectuals um, to write and think about things. I think um, every individual is a free um, thinking person. Every individual is, is an organic intellectual themselves, particularly in a society like Zimbabwe where you have a high education, um, um, high education levels. So these are free thinking, critical people. Um, the conversation they can easily have for themselves. But you see extremely bright, capable um, young people. Again, I'll refer to so- on social media, I'll refer to social media. And it's it's jokes, right? So I don't know, it's coping, yes, or maybe it's the platform itself, social media, because it, in, in some ways it's not transformatory. Um, you can do things on social, but social media but it doesn't actually change things on the ground. Maybe that's why the discourse turns into this comedy thing. Um, I don't know, but there's something there that's not quite working in the way with we, in the ways in which we engage with our politics. Um, maybe it's something we can toss around. I don't know. Well, I'd like to add some observations, which is that <clears throat> we've seen lately the rise of satire as a response and as a form of commentary um, to the absurdity of of our politics. And also, I do think that the Zimbabwean populace has been beaten into submission, as it were, because the avenues that are, the the normal avenues of expressing displeasure, protest, petition, um, talking to your member of parliament are not um, open uh, they're met often with state uh, the mshamu, 
being waved at us. Um, and so it's it's a sense of frustration that I get from the jokes that are being cracked. It's it's you know, and and also helplessness. But I believe that it's learned helplessness because I don't think we are creative in the way we protest. I like I like the recent um, the pockets out protest. I've forgotten what it's called, but yeah. that one that's creative. And that's a way of expressing displeasure that doesn't... I mean, I read a statement the uh, last week, I think, where it was banned for you to walk around with your pockets turned out. But I, that in, a, in and of itself is ridiculous. But I mean, it's, it's a, a way of it, engaging in ways other than with humor, because that, I think, has led us to be impotent as citizens when we have a little bit more power than we believe we do. Yeah. And I'm amazed. Um, some of the things that, that um, one of the great uses of social media actually has been mm. around what's going on at the the registration points. Um, Zach, yes, fine, the process is slow. There are not as many points as we would like, but um, the few that are there, I'm not seeing any remarkably long queues. And, and, and you wonder, like, that faith in politics seems, electoral politics anyway, seems to have died Um and then you wonder what av- other avenues are there. I, I don't know. Um, um, <laughs> I don't but, know. But I'm, you're I'm, the, you're I'm the doctor. We're paying you the big bucks to know these answers. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I think the case, the case of Zimbabwe seems to be a very unique one where you can't actually uh, be predictive of of you know what will happen. I'm sure when Minister Chinamasa went to bed last week friday or even the day before yesterday he didn't expect to be heading a completely new ministry um that is um cyber security threats and mitigation um yes you know uh, it's 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 a ministry that i think was um under ICT so the ministry that uh, minister supermandiwanzira has now, or rather it was a portfolio that was there, and there, there is the cybersecurity bill that is coming into, or that is being tabled, or has been tabled. Um, and I think that's basically what he is going to be working on, um, you know, this cybersecurity bill. Social media, they've said, or there's, there's this term that is um, stop abusing social media that's been coming up quite a bit. Um, when the price hikes happened, social media was blamed for that, um, for stirring up panic in, in society. So um, I wonder how much of it, well, one, he's prepared to do, and two, what exactly will come out <coughs> of this cyber, secu- cyber security ministry and the cyber security bill? I think, I think we're going to see a a poster type restrictive bill coming out of him and I think that's why Chinamasa was was put to that ministry because he is for all his flaws quite an efficient um, individual and with his legal background I think that um, out of all of the ministers right now he probably is best positioned to to do the research and 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 organize the ministry around writing a bill that 
um, does both things. It uh, aligns or conforms with the constitution so that it's not very challengeable in the court system because that's the first thing that will happen. And secondly, is um, restrictive enough or um, you know does what it's meant to do before the um, the next elections. He was also similarly rigid in the finance portfolio. Is also a possibility. Um, you know, Chris, you and I say he's incompetent. And you say no, he was restricted. Um, I think we can meet in the middle and say he was both incompetent and restricted in um, in the finance ministry, but more so the restriction than the incompetence led to to the decisions that he made. I'm more. Um, uh, I can see how you know the logic for it, and um, um, that uh, I think it was George Sharamba today tried to explain why the ministry was set up fine I get that um, like in terms of where the government is coming from um, but what looking at it from outside um, I mean you've you've got it um, increasing economic difficulties um, but you expand um, cabinet you're basically creating a new whole new ministry you're going to need people to fill um, that's more money um, going into um, that uh, that particular ministry, um, mm-hmm. the cyber um, ministry, and then more fundamentally, I think that stuff is very hard to do. It's not um, surve- ordinary surveillance like where you put um, police at uh, a roadblock um, and then and then they do surveillance. This is online stuff. It's very expensive, sophisticated <laughs> technology. I think the only country in the world that's really made advances towards trying to really grapple with um, this is, is China. And um, the state, there's a lot of money to spend on this. So it's kind of, you know, um, the, the Zimbabwean state has these grand ambitions, right, to do things, say, that the Chinese state does, which is clearly where some of these ideas have come from. But I don't think practically they can actually um, do any of this. So in some ways, I think it's, uh, Anzi, if I can break into Shona, is is Nyangai <laughs> you know something that box the lot can't bite so whatsapp for instance has end-to-end encryption so unless we're in a group which is being monitored and those messages are being you know taken out of the group and saved it's it's impossible for the government to know what we're saying to each other in a conversation on whatsapp unless they have access to my phone unless they then you know what i mean so i agree with um, miles that it's it's it, these are very lofty ideas but the fact that terrorists can still keep America at awake at night should tell you something about the ability of people who are intentional to be able to hide themselves on the internet and people who are not so intentional to to you know not to not trick trigger the alarm as it were and i mean the government has been arresting people for posting things on facebook so uh, i think because i do feel like there's going to be another wave of hysteria about you know don't post this on facebook don't say this on whatsapp groups this happened two weeks ago when we were in fuel queues so i think people just need to remember that it's not as easy as the government makes it out to be and just remain calm yeah, I think there's a lot of fear-mongering that happens. And, you know, in a s- society where people believe everyone in six pers- uh, one in six people is a um, 
government spy <laughs> or CIO agent, you really information or people are quick to distrust. So if you say that, oh, they are watching our Facebook or oh, they are watching our WhatsApps or in this group, there are C10s and things like that. People really then, you know, um, take those things a bit too seriously. There's a bit of um, paranoia that I think a lot of Zimbabweans have. Um, and I mean, you see it on Twitter. If 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 someone without a, a, an avatar follows someone else, they'll immediately think that it's a state agent um, looking at their tweets or something like that. And I don't think that's necessarily true. Um, people... Really you would say that. <laughs> <laughs> you agent yourself. <laughs> if, if 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 I were an agent, <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> um, no, but honestly, I don't think the paranoia is um, re- a reflection of what's actually. Uh, true and what the government's capabilities are mm, and as yeah. Mal said they really do have these ambitious plans but our government does not have money so and I've, I've i've said this on this um on this platform if you were to ask a lot of our ministers or government officials for their email addresses they will give you <laughs> gmail accounts yahoo accounts hotmail accounts um they some most of them don't even have a at gov.zw account or something like that um we we are struggling to get servers for 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 zec and voter registration so for them to set up an entire cyber security uh ministry Ministry. and and monitor people online and all these things i think it's not just you know it's very ambitious for them because they don't even have the basic things that you know organizations have and you can set up very easily by yourself on your home computer but i think i i i'm sure they just want to stop charging pastor evan with undermining a constitutionally elected government <laughs> and find something to charge him with that is less <laughs> treasonous I, i'm i'm almost 100 percent certain is that that's literally that was the conversation is how come we keep charging this guy with this because i think even to some of it sounds ridiculous to charge people like evan with 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 that but it will be fine to charge them with something under cyber security act so i don't really think they are in under any illusions that they'll be able to read what you have in your in your whatsapp inbox but they'll be able to take out the leaders that have organically risen up um on social media uh, or charge them under that and make it very different for a second crop or a new crop of 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 Evans or Fadzis to 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 rise up without it being clandestine or you know people will even be afraid to watch the videos because one of them you you're you're congregating on an online space that was uh, propagating uh, treasonous material and that language I guarantee you will hear it very soon. <laughs> well, one th- one thing I do know is that um, broadcasting is uh, certain kinds of broadcasting is illegal in Zimbabwe. So posting uh, live videos to Facebook, technically under the law, is is illegal because you have to have a broadcasting license to broadcast. 
Um, and so I expect that maybe the cybersecurity uh, bill will deal with some of those issues. It definitely will be dealt with as well in the broadcasting law. There's a new Minister of Information, um, Simon Kayamoyo, who for me I think is just uh, aligning the party line or party messaging with that of the government rather than having two um, voices. Can I ask a question? Yeah. Oh, hello? Yeah, carry on. I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. Chris, Chris. What if Chris I'm a Zimbabwean in South Africa posting messages, live broadcasting about Zimbabwe from South Africa? Does Would I still be able to be charged? No, those are... Yeah. I don't think so because you're, you're out of their jurisdiction. But let's... Say I came home to visit my mom for like a week, and you're doing it within Zimbabwe. Then yes, uh, because you no are no so no. I I I I did the live broadcast last week in South Africa, right? I'm normally resident in South Africa. Then I come home to visit my mom for a week, but I'm a Zimbabwean with a green passport. Would they still? Um, does that make sense? Does that question make um, sense? So, I I don't know if um if uh, Miles has anything on this, but from a legal perspective in Australia, what they do is, um, for example, with um, child pornography or with um, revenge, um, it might have come from outside the country, but the 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 crime is when it is uh, opened or disseminated within the country. Um, so, for example, if you are an a Australian person and um, you have a server of, you know, that kind of material. So, for example, if you're a Zimbabwean and you your servers are based in America or in England, if it is being disseminated or being opened in Zimbabwe, you are then charged under Zimbabwean laws because it is affecting Zimbabweans. So it doesn't matter where the information is coming from. The crime occurs when it's opened or when it's viewed in Zimbabwe, and you are still the same person that has committed that crime regardless of where you are in the world. So I'm sure that um, they'll pretty much take that kind of stance um because it's it's similar to you know the bbc broadcasting in or pirate radio stations if you think about it um yeah. you know voice of voice of america and, and that kind of thing i don't know if, if miles has any input on that point no, no this is more it, it would require quite um sophisticated intelligence sharing so here in the uk you've got gchq uh, massive body receives a huge amount of money. But everything that's actually that actually goes on in this big um, complex is all shadowy. We don't we don't know much. Um, so they would share whether it be um, French intelligence doing this kind of thing. Yeah, we, we have an English citizen here who does this. You know, and they'll share stuff. They know people to watch online. But again, going back to this, to me, it's the the cost, the practicalities. Um, we simply don't have the capacity. And even from a point of view where, you know, because these laws, they can be one targeting citizens, surveillance on citizens, but also, you know, in the sense of protecting the state or government itself from external cyber attacks. But when you look at our government, I mean, you had somebody here made that, that point earlier, you, you, you get in touch with, say, um, a particular um, government official, um, you get a private email address. There's no real e-government. There's not much that's online anyway um, of the state that somebody would want to, um, say, um, launch a cyber um, attack towards. 
So it's, to me, it's, it's, when I saw that, I, I, I listened to the government's um, justification. I'm like, okay, it makes sense in, 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 in a country with a functional state um, with resources, but, uh, but in Zimbabwe, uh, it's just lack of capacity. One. <laughs> and you, you, you wonder like, who's, who's going to um, uh, police all of this. Um, they have a hard enough time policing um, activities on the ground. So in some ways, I think it's a um, reality, if I, if I may be brutal, um, almost a, uh, particularly given the events from, I think, a fortnight ago or a week or so, around um, the hoarding of goods, um, there was a lot, lot of panic going on among citizens and stuff. Almost a knee-jerk reaction um, to that um, is my, is, is, is my mm. sense. But, but, but a clearly thought-out plan, you know, because you've got to have a structure for this. Um, capacity's got to be there, the skills, the money is simply absent. And then when you, know, when you build up a department like that, I mean, just you look at the same when the FBI was set up in, in the United States and you had somebody like Edgar Hoover, J. Edgar Hoover um, in charge of, he had a grand vision, you know, for what this organization would become. Tina Massa, for all his, um, you know, he's got a lot of um, positives, um, um, things that he's good at. This is not the kind of guy who's going to have a grand vision about how to build up um, a, a department of this, of this sort. Um, is Chinamasa even on Twitter? Yeah, the type of person who writes his password on, on, on his desk calendar. Yeah, I mean, this, this is what I mean. I mean, so he, 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 I just don't see what, <laughs> what the point of it was. Um, um, but, but can I just see, so, uh, well, moving away from cyber, something that I think, um, another thing I, I know at the beginning, we kind of like, about uh, we, I went on about how the economic arguments kind of fell away. But the other thing that I saw in this reshuffle that didn't quite come through um, was around exactly um, what Mugabe's overarching goal was. Mm. So I think, um, if, I, if I may, this is Tendai Biti um, last night on Twitter, his response. Um, and um, this is these exact words he said. Um, he tweeted, "This reshuffle is not founded on rationality and objectivity, um, but it is proof that the Mugabe succession plan is now being executed." Um, so there's one of your shining, so-called shining opposition lights, getting it completely wrong uh, about what this was about. <laughs> I think, in reality, what Mugabe did. Somebody earlier, uh, one of you mentioned, oh. It's the, the, the comeback, the, the resurgence of gamma tox. And I think um, um, it's not so much resurgence of gamma tox, but um, you're onto something important. It is interesting that um, a lot of these characters, Chimedza, um, Shamu, Kaya Moyo, um, um, Edgar Mbwembwe himself, Edgar Mbwembwe's parliamentary seat um, used to belong to Solomon Ujuru. Um, it is it is surprising that a lot of these characters, you know, what I mean, um, have uh, have been brought back to cabinet or been promoted. Um, it, 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 the question is why, and then you also wonder. Emerson Fine, when Nagagwa's had a lot of his powers trimmed, but he wasn't kicked out, nor was mm. um, anybody else seen as aligned to him. They were kept inside, right? Um, none of the so-called G40 guys were kicked out either. So my sense, um, in spite of everything, the lot of disgruntled people who've been demoted and stuff. But they're all still inside there. The the old so-called gamma talks or old Mujuru wing of Zahano that was disgruntled and marginalized has suddenly been brought in. What I think Robert has really done um, is really this 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 cabinet 
the symbolism of unity, pulling everybody back in right before the election, right? I think that's what he's done. That's what this is really about. And for, say, Tendai to go on about, oh, it lacks rationality, it lacks rationality, it lacks objectivity, it's about succession. I don't think this is about succession yet. Um, it's about the election, getting everybody in. All that stuff that was being said. They are all in there. Happy or not, you're in there. You're at the table, you're at the feeding table. The question then becomes, okay, fine. If Zanu Gabe has played this unity game ahead of the election, question is, is the opposition watching and learning? If Tendai's response is anything to go by, um, I guess not. Um, you know, so you have to wonder, will the opposition also place unity above everything else as Mugabe has done? I think that's the no. real that's the other thing that was really on the table there. That's that's no, kind no. of being missed. Zanu is slowly pulling together. Yeah, no, I think that's a that's a brilliant point. And um to answer you in a word, no, I don't think that the opposition um will pull together by virtue of that there's not a strong enough leader there to to pull them together to to for someone from Mugabe to do this there needs to be a Mugabe um there needs to be a center of power for lack of a better of a better term and um That's right language. now <laughs> um right now right now as it is I don't think there's uh the center is not holding in the opposition what needs to be done, do you think, for the center to hold in the opposition? Um, I, yeah, oh, it's 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 <laughs> that's a whole another episode of podcast in its in its in of itself. Um, I've always been a an advocate of of the fact that these guys don't, uh, they don't they don't understand the concept of a coalition and that you you're you're getting together as as an amalgamation of your weaknesses and not as your strength. So no one can ever begin to negotiate a coalition from a position of strength. Even when you have hung parliaments and hung governments, it's both acknowledging that you failed to to win. So you, two losers must come together in that kind of light. Um, but you sort of have an opposition space where everyone believes that they're strong or strong enough to go it alone. Um, and they'll never they'll never get anywhere as long as that's the the prevailing ideology in the majority of the opposition. I think there's a lack of common purpose and an, a lack of understanding that the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And because of that, then people honestly believe that they can go it alone. Which you know, I was there when the opposition was formed in 1990. What was it? Nine. <laughs> and your problem really no i was in high school oh. <laughs> okay. children i was in high I was, school i was like you're trying to make yourself, to make yourself seem wiser than you are yet. no i am actually wise but my point is that the the thing that pisses me off the most about the opposition is the very thing that i hate the most about which is is the ability to coalesce around a single problem or a single need to defeat an enemy. And the opposition is so busy fighting each other, fighting for positions and power that they do not have, cutting up a pie that does not exist, that you cannot even then acquire said pie or said positions or said power. And I don't understand why. I mean, this morning I listened to, I think, 
who's the, the, the spokesperson for the MDC, literally saying we're waiting for an act of God for us to get it together. Is this all and good? for me, that doesn't make sense. Where's Gutu? Hmm? Is this all but Gutu? No, I think yes. it was Sangai spokesperson. Was it not Sangai spokesperson? Luke. Luke Tambora. Yes, Luke Tambora. Yes. Saying, you know, our... Uh, our, we're, we're going to wait for Morgan Changrai to, to recuperate. And for now, I think the strategy is to pray for him to get better. But the man has cancer. So you tell me what is the logic behind... Because you know what? Even if he's he's okay, cancer is not something that you play with. So having dealt with it in our house, you know, it's not something that somebody can then go on the campaign trail. And this is less than a year to the election. So surely, but and there's no succession plan. There's no plan at all. That is depressing. I think, um, and I did just say again, just to to back that up, um, what Upenu was saying, and then um, as was the case in 2013, um, the argument that may come out of opposition forces is will probably be that um, the election was simply rigged. And uh, this, this is what came out in 2013, without um, stopping to recognize um, the very significant failings of the opposition itself. Um, and I think, and then when we go back, if we're to connect this again to the things at the beginning, we're all like, yeah, yeah but what's, what's happened to the Zimbabwean society? You know, satire, we'll, we'll do comedy about things and then just move on. We're not registering to vote. Um, it's probably that, this deep-seated disillusionment with opposition politics. And people just go kind of go, oh, to Tingadi, life goes on, sort of thing. They said maybe that's the crux of the, um, because it wasn't oh. like this. The 90s, 19, the 1999, who you mentions, it was a hive of real political engagement, churches, oh. trade unions, and that's all dissipated now. But I mean, I'm Dr. Miles, you're, the, the socioeconomic structure of the country has changed so much Indeed. from 1999. You can have a hive of political activity when there's organized employment and there's, there's structures already, there's ZCTU, there's structures to organize around. You can call a mass stay away in 1999 because those structures are in existence. ZANU has killed any, all of that, all the trade unions all the formal employment in the country is gone. You 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 can't organize employees because there are no employees to organize. Um, you 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 talk about um, voter apathy. In two thousand and eight, people voted in their numbers, and they were beaten. Um, a lot of opposition active activists were beaten and killed, and they won the election and still couldn't take power. So I don't think it's solely a problem with the opposition or its failings, many as they are. It's putting the cart before the horse because the failings begin with the with the center, which is which is under PF. Uh, so um, even allowing, I, I would acknowledge that the opposition has not been as, you know, the best it can be, but it has allowed a lot of its power base to be whittled away. But it's the economy that's whittled away a lot of this opposition power base. Nowadays, you can't. You have to survive. You, it's not about. It's not about politics anymore. In '99, it was almost in a position where you could afford to be political. Um, now you can't. But you can't afford not to be political either, because you are unemployed. You're sitting at home with no food. Politics You're sitting at home everywhere. with no. Yes, you can't afford I mean, not to be political nationally. Either. And, 
Yeah, but if you were, it doesn't make sense to make yeah. that. And, up. and I, I take your point about um, how you know how the changing economy, you know, the unions broke down, you know, all of that, um, all the old bodies of you know civil society engagement, you know, it, they they will they wilted away. But even then, fine, the formal economy like um, broke down and your CTUs lose relevance, but you still got your informal sector. Um, it's that's where all the people went. That's an arena for increased organization. So it can become, it can still become something else. The churches uh, were more, you know, the major institutional ones, the big ones in, in the old days, you know, the Catholic Church or whatever. Now you've got all these um, Protestant churches all over. Those are sites for politics too, but the kind of political engagement you'd expect isn't happening. It's all prosperity gospel. So <laughs> it's, it's fine. The economic uh, is done, but but there's still a lot citizens can do for themselves. And I'm not making an excuse for Zanu. <laughs> Zanu has done a lot of dodgy things, <laughs> but but I would like to see Zanu being, you know, put somewhere in the middle, and the opposition's failings coming to meet that at the middle as well. Yeah. All too often the conversation is one-sided. When this is all over next year, 2018, if Zanu happens to win, which I think they probably will, um, what's going to come out is the election was rigged. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, uh, biometric voter registration. election. everything else is, is forgotten. Uh, so that, that's I'll, I'll, use, I'll, use, I'll, I'll use that point as a as a good segue to get into but um, be, before into the appointment that, of 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 of. Go ahead. Uh, I just wanted to go back a bit to the aspect of unity. Um, because I think it's a completely new dimension that was that I hadn't seen discussed, um, and it makes then sense um, again as I speak about um, Simon Kayamoyo at information, because there is then a unity. I mean, the Zim Papers has been accused of of being partisan and of being um, factional, uh, factionally yeah. aligned. But if he is then speaking for the party and also speaking for the government and in control of the media institutions, then it brings again that aspect of unity, um, or it should essentially, where the party and the state and all the media institutions that are associated with uh, it the same. Uh, are then speaking with the same voice. Yeah, no, you're right there. I was going to go into um, the new justice legal and parliamentary affairs minister. Um, because I think that's something that also flew under the radar in the same way um, the finance ministry flew under the radar because you here you have uh, Bonyongwe, ex-military ex, uh, and uh, ex-CIO um, boss uh, being put in charge of uh, Justice Legal and Parliamentary Affairs, uh, the ministry which Zek itself... <laughs> Um, nominally reports to, um, in my understanding, uh, which is which for me is is quite worrying because uh, people have already complained about the militarization of of, of uh, the electoral commission, or of how many ex-military are actually hold positions in the commission. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, for me, that's that was something that really struck struck stuck out to me as as a worrying as a worrying move and i ask uh, the bonyongo is not one of the most powerful power couples in in zimbabwe right now <laughs> like, yeah they yeah, are no. um my bonyongo is that uh, is the chairman of zimbra 
and now Wabo um, Nyongwe is justice. I wonder if you'll well, he technically should then have to um, give up his seat as director of intelligence. Um, so that's oh, he has to. He yeah, has that, to. that 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 then you know who's going to take over from that is also another in interesting question but yeah miles your thoughts on on the justice um <laughs> i think uh, with him uh, to 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 be he's got a law degree so i think he he can hack it he can do the job but i think more fundamentally um the, he he had a troubled time as, as director general of the intelligence body, um, and, um, I think he'd been in charge for for a very long time now. It's a very divided institution. There was a lot of feuding going on, um, and I think um, for for somebody like him moving on to this uh, new 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 posting, new challenge, I think uh, it's 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 I think it's a, it's, a, it's a breath of fresh air. I think life had become quite stale for him um, at the intelligence body. But to the job itself, like I say, I think he can hack it. He has um, the the law experience, but more than that, I think I I kind of move past trying to understand you know these appointments um, strictly as um, you know militarization of institutions, um, particularly when it when it comes to him. He was a soldier in the about to about ninety seven. That's when he's moved to CIO. And from about ninety nine, nine, sorry. Yeah. And from so from the late nineteen nineties, this guy's been wearing a suit. He's been he, he was civilianized. Um so <laughs> to say militarization now, I mean he's been retired major general for some time now and then became a civilian. He been became an intelligence officer. I think to say when it comes to him, I think slightly unfair if I <laughs> if I wanna if I if I wanna put, you, put it I, that way. If I, I can add to that this, this is this he, is an intelligence man. He's been civilianized for for over yeah. a decade now. <laughs> can I, I add to that? Seated to civilians. Hello. It's part can of I the add? security. He, in the constitution, it's part of the security well, class in the constitution. How is that a civilian it, job? Um, it I is think a then, civilian job. It's a civilian it's job. Just, he's not. He was. He hasn't been a soldier for over for over a constitutionally decade. Constitutionally, is considered part of the security cluster. He yeah, can't yeah. hold the C10 and the ministry because he like the constitution refuses for him to be part of the security cluster. But but it's a security so, role in his in like as far as I I don't know. But so is the police. The police is under yeah. security, so but but it's not part yeah, of the. You wouldn't, you wouldn't call that down. The, well, the security call, institutions, yeah. but yeah, but, but military they would, would the refer to, to you know proper like army figures going into, and he hasn't been in the army since the late 1990s. He's been a civilian <laughs> since, so I think it's a bit the unfair army, on him. Yeah, I the army that, are the guys. I said, the It's true. There are soldiers there, but this guy's been a civilian. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> and for you, if for you, you Henry, he worked like as a duck. lawyer at Atherstone. Like and a duck. No, no, I know, I know, I know you. Yeah. So Cook. he's been, he's been in the civilian workforce for quite a while now. He graduated from the University of Zimbabwe in the early nineties. He was awarded a prize as best co-student in his stream. He's, he's um credible, if not, a not good. Ca I'm, he's credible. You're, 
I'm not saying he's not able to do the job from a legal perspective because I am aware of his legal qualifications. I'm saying that it will lead to a militarization in terms of having more military influence based on his history in the ministry and particularly in the Zimbabwe Electoral Commission and the Judicial Services Commission which I've which have already had accusations of having a lot of ex-military in them. And the problem we have with ex-military in the opposition is because they are easy to master and organize around their traditional power structure of the military. So, for example, if you were to lead to accusations of ZEC not being an independent commission or the Judicial Service Commission not being independent or of rigging not being independent, everyone would immediately say, well, you have so much military in ZEC that they are, who knows if they are not still following orders from 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 the government. That's what I'm saying. But I told you, Seth, I mean, I, I, I see the concerns and, and and many of them legitimate, but I, my my point was simply, it's a bit, but when looking at him, slightly unfair. He's been a civilian for some time. <laughs> slightly unfair. And then, and then the one thing I think I think we should um, as much as as much as I I see how much the military has been an impediment to democratization in Zimbabwe, but I think we should also appreciate, um, for instance, how never lose sight of how the military itself is also a very divided institution. Um, um, Solomon Mujuru was seen as a figure who championed succession politics within Zanu. He's the biggest military honcho we've had since 1980, right? Um, by the time Vitalis Zhinavashe dies, the same man who once said will never salute uh, anybody who didn't fight the war. By the time he dies in late, two, I think it's 2009, whatever it was that he died, um, he's, he's, he's turned against. He's quite critical of Zano PF. So they also, let's not, uh, it, it's, you know, we can, we, let's not paint them all with the same brush. They may be in the Ministry of Justice, but I think a lot of them are quite self-critical. Certainly the conversations I've had with some of them You'd be you'd be surprised um, the self criticism that they they can come up with. I mean, they're human too. Is, they oh, think about things. Is this uh, all included in your book? Uh, um, <laughs> no, we, we we're just having a friendly chat. some. I would like to cite you on some of these. <laughs> they're they're, they're quite um, self critical. So I, I I totally understand that the the the, the army as an institution has, has been an impediment to democratization, but. It's also very different. There's a lot of division there. They self-criticism. There's some people who believe in democracy and some don't. So let's also not paint them all with the, with the same brush. But I take your point. They have been problematic. Going back to um, some of the people that were shuffled around, um, Zembi to Foreign Affairs and Foreign Affairs Minister or ex Mbengegui um, to Macroeconomic Planning. I don't know your thoughts on that. What a demotion. That, what a yeah, demotion. That, that for me, <laughs> I think for me that was, aside from Chinamasa, he, that was the biggest um, demotion of the lot. And I, I, I doubt he saw it coming. I honestly didn't. I think Mzembi, you know, someone said he's been gunning for the post of, of, of Foreign Affairs Minister for a while. And I think after the WTO thing didn't pull through, this is the kind of role I think he, he really wants to to be in. Um, macroeconomic planning hasn't been a ministry that I that has, has done anything um, because finance usually deals with all the economic stuff. And when Obed Mpofu was there, he was very quiet. 
um, industry is... Sh- it's rude to is speak in when you eat in our culture. <laughs> um, industry was was a lot more um, deals a lot more with the with issues of trade and and stuff like that. So I don't know w- you know what he's going to do in that role. But yeah, thoughts on Muzembe and um, Bengegui? Um, I am more. I'd go back to the earlier. Um, I, I I had a dig at um, Chinamasa to say you know like I was like I went on about J Edgar Hoover and the FBI. You gotta have a vision. I'd say the same thing about Mbengegui. He never really put himself forward as foreign affairs minister. Kind of always ha- like hung back. To be honest, foreign affairs for the last, I think, two decades now has really been defined by the particular, Robert Mugabe's particular views, whether it's his fight with Blair or Gordon Brown or George Bush. And these guys kind of like took the lead. So he was never a visionary um, figure in the foreign um, affairs department. He's not a Henry Kissinger or anything. And then now you throw him into economic planning. Um, is this is he a, a, a Deng Xiaoping type? You know what I mean? <laughs> again, you know, it, it, this is again, when you give somebody the kind of like a portfolio, they got to have a grant. It's not there in the same way that I see Chinavasa as well with cybersecurity. He, he can't do this stuff. I, this is why I keep going back more than anything else. This was just about unity, not but really about getting stuff done. I, I think the same argument be made. To pick up a check. I think he's just there for the benefits. I mean, if it's a decent enough portfolio, okay. Um, but he's I, I he's think not. He'll be he's not an all star. I think he'll be <laughs> gutted though. I mean, I think why because yeah, no more be, trips. Aside from the trips, though, I mean, I've I've heard from different people in 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 the diplomatic uh, sector that you know he was quite liked by other diplomats around the world. Um, I don't know how Mzembe will be, um, you know. But um, likability is not effectiveness. Yeah, uh, that's it's not the same thing. No, it's I'm, not I'm a talking, vision. It's not yeah, a foreign policy vision. I'm talking vision. about about him. And, and how he's going to feel. You say that he, if he picks up the check, I think he'll be quite gutted to lose the post that he had. Um, but Muzembe, um, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on him. He's very ambitious. That's been clear for a long time, hence the... Uh, but part of the story um, with trying to, you know, particularly the, the tourism gig, partly had to do with his partner. Um, you know, mm. she's, she's got a, 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 yeah, yeah. Um, um, she badly wanted she, to be in Madrid. She's Cuban, yeah. Spanish speaking. So, so I think partly was Very pressure. Nice yeah, yeah. But she's a nice mom, but I think partly, partly kind of like homesick. So partly, I think it was family wanting to, you know, that international stage, the big ball tourism thing. But he's he's he's, he's an ambitious um, individual. But again, I go back to to, to visions. Um, let's see if he'll be able to really carve out, you know, a particular um, f- foreign policy vision plan for Zimbabwe um, beyond uh, the particularities of Mugabe himself. I think Mugabe has really defined foreign policy for a long time. Whether Walter can, you know, make that ministry his own, own it in ways that Mbengegui never did, <laughs> it only time reveals. Somehow I doubt it. He's. I think he's very lucky in that he's coming into the ministry at a time where um, uh, England, um, the the British government particularly, is 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 warming up to reopening 
oh, um, communications with with the. Um... You, you've just you've just touched on a subject I can talk about until <laughs> yeah. until, until So <laughs> with with with, um, with 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 Zimbabwe post Brexit and all that, and I think that he's young, you know, he's good looking, he's he he cuts a nice figure in a suit, and if he's now the face of of Zimbabwe, I think that. Um, you can you will definitely see post twenty eighteen if if they win and they keep the same portfolios you will definitely see a lot more um, particularly if he's given rain if he's given uh, leeway to 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 go on a diplomatic offensive I think you will definitely see a warming up of relations um, with the rest of the world because he's that type of person that um, would be able to do that and also um, just going from his BBC. Um, hard talk interview and and some of the interviews he, that he's had, he's painted himself as a, as a moderate and 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 almost a, a reformational figure. And I think that um, Mugabe is comfortable with him being that in as in as that he'll he'll sort of have that uh, that he can contradict Mugabe at least even in closed door meetings and in some interviews or the government in in small ways, but. Which are very significant to opening up relations. Hmm. Um, can I throw something out there? Yeah, go ahead. Yes. Yeah, I know I banged on about all oh, this unity cabinet. Um, Mugabe is pulling everything together now. What's the opposition going to do? But um, something that's still at the back of my mind: um, this cabinet, the way it's designed, the the personalities, individuals in there. How much of it is Mugabe entirely? Uh, or is it 50-50 uh, with Grace Mugabe? Or is it actually Grace here pulling the strings? That's kind of still at the back of my head, <laughs> despite everything I said before. Um, how much uh, Grace is there in these appointments now? She seems to throw her weight around a lot. I don't think a few. Uh, there's a handful of people who I don't think were would have been Mugabe's first choices for these ministries, she including Chombo for, Yeah, Chombo for finance, for instance. I think historically Chombo has never been put near the kitty. Um, and then Bonyongwe would make sense. Joao, I think for public service, actually that one makes sense to me. Um, for for Mugabe, it would make sense for Mugabe. Mpofu for home affairs, that one doesn't make sense because he's he's more in the economic on the economic side of things rather than the um, you know handling domestic issues. Yeah, I think I think there definitely is an element of 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 the grace Mugabe. I mean, if if you look at um, it now, I think someone mentioned that. Um, you have now three ministries that are held Kwajimba, three key ministries, which is uh, finance, mines, and public service and labor, um, with uh, Chombo, um, Chidakwa, and and Joao. Um, I definitely think that the Joao one to public service, there's there's a lot of influence there. I mean, public service holds NASA. And and there's a lot of um, funds um, with NASA and NSB and all the things that it's that fall under the public service ministry. My um, formula out is 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 it's not something I could say I saw coming. Um, some people did mention it though, but 
there has been talk that she was aligned to to the Mnanga faction or that she was um, partial to it rather than to say that she was fully aligned and so that could be um, them or the G40 faction or that side of it seizing control of such a key ministry where it comes to what the what the portfolio has or what the ministry has in terms of resources under its control. Yeah. Um and would be remiss if we if we didn't talk as youth um or as youthful people um relative to our president. Um <laughs> <laughs> You didn't call him Goblin once today. Well done. <laughs> I think he's respecting I, I, I Miles. Was yes. <laughs> Miles. I don't think Miles knows knows my history as much as he knows as as much as Chris as much as he knows about Chris. Um, but yes, the Goblin. Um, and I didn't call Chombo Cisco either. I forgot to call Chombo Cisco. Thanks for reminding. Why did you call him Cisco? Because of his of hair. The white hair. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't put two and two together. I get it now. I get it. I totally get it. <laughs> of his hair and and his proclivity to, to panty dropping. Um, wow, 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 wow. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, no, these guys, these things are public records. Miriam is the one who graced us with that wonderful dossier um, during their divorce proceedings. Um, so <laughs> it's not my fault. Um, um, yeah, you're yeah, talking about with, youth. Um, yeah, um, with uh, the, the new Minister of Youth um, Development, um, Indigenization and Empowerment. I think, Chris, it was your status that said she's 55 years old, is she? Yeah, born in 1962, um, was Comrade Chiratidzo Mabua. Um, Joao, I think, was 50, so we've gone up about five years, um, which, you know, is 20 years above the... Um, constitutionally defined age of what a a youth is um i know she's she's worked with she worked with the international labor organization for about 20 years or something like that um so she has capacity in terms of qualifications but with regards to youth issues it it you know as Miles was talking about the vision, it needs somebody who really understands or is a youth or knows what you know relates to the youth. There's also the yeah. indigenization. You've got to be able to connect with them. understand it's, how it's, they talk, and it's, it's not. Uh, it's, it's this is it's, what I mean. Like I keep I'm sorry to bang on. I, but I just don't think he was trying to actually fix anything here. I mean, for the it's country, fascinating. He's it's fixing Zano. <laughs> <laughs> it's fascinating that that while they have their whole campaign for 2018 is is youth vote. I, I I'm baffled as to why they would pick they would pick her. Um, she's you know Joao Joao was 50, but he was youthful in his in his interests. Um, we could say, um, like he was more like he was more relatable to to young people um like that cool older brother that takes you to marasta um or you know buys you your first beer um but i don't understand why when there there's such a big focus on on the youth in this next election that they would pick someone who is 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 like this um on the indigenization side i suppose from from my experience at 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 uh, deputy ministry of um of industry i think um she perhaps you know, 
is more capable of that. But I, I thought that indigenization, um, in my understanding, was was now something that they had sort of abandoned as a push. Um, so besides the the party unity and besides besides that rationale, it's a completely logical um, illogical appointment for me. I, I I don't know if anyone has any insider knowledge that <laughs> would tell me why she was good for this role. I don't I'd know. Like you to have to ask about the woman's part. If I, if I, I think she's completely expendable, and I think she's there to keep the seat warm. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah, I think. But also, so. I mean, she's also from Mash. Where's she from Mash? Where's 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 that's something we haven't spoken about is the regional balance in this new cabinet as well. Is it seems quite regionally balanced. Yeah, but um, it's not very gender balanced. Mm. How many uh, women I did? How many women got in there? Two. I don't think. I don't think they they care. Yeah, Ooh, the women. No, well, no, the, I don't think Mugabe. Mugabe. Oh no, no, Mugabe. And, Mugabe doesn't care. And but also, Mugabe. and if 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 we were to say, you know, to the earlier question about uh, how much of this is is Grace as well. Yeah, um, that's... and she's the head of the women's league, and she's not bothered that um, it's not fifty fifty. No, because uh, she's she's waiting for the big fight uh, when she says they need to be, they needs to be a woman in the presidium. But aside, it needs to be a woman vice president. But, but little representation she's... below that. The thing is, <laughs> I don't, I don't think she's she's ready to to support the rise of another woman. So you you have women who um, are really subordinates. Uh, Mabua, nobody has was ever mentioned or will ever be mentioned in a power matrix. But if you have a woman who you appoint to maybe say. Minister of Finance or Minister of Foreign Affairs or Defense some of these, minister. Y- you see bigger ministries, then that woman's profile immediately be- shoots up and they become contenders in whatever sort of matrix someone might want to put them in. And I don't think Grace would want to, you know, create rivals for herself, especially where she is trying to position herself as the only female politician who counts in the game. Mm, sadly. Because um, you'd, you'd also want to, beyond that, giving the, the big portfolios um, to, to female uh, members once, but also strength in numbers. I mean, you really mm. can't get things done when you don't have a, a, a large, you know, female critical mass. And it, it's, it's just two two women, I think, were appointed, if I remember well. And that's that's, yeah, that's, that's jarring. Too, too as well. Yeah, that's jarring. And yet we signed up to all these static protocols and and UN conventions to mainstream gender and stuff, and yeah, nothing happens. And again, person. that was not a conversation on social media. I didn't, I didn't <laughs> see anybody mention gender. It was all about Lacoste wait, and G4. Wait, Dotha, where the feminists? Where are you feminists with this? Well, where that's what I was going to say. The Zanupia was fundamentally anti-feminist. So, why well, I think even... Zimbabwe generally is anti-feminist. Um, Don't I'll, give me I'll, started. I'll, don't, don't say, don't. The rest of the a, podcast will be around. I would never self. I would never self-describe uh, as a feminist because I know the, how problematic that is. But I generally see that um, uh, the one thing that um, whether it's Changirai or Mugabe that they generally agree on is that um, they're not a fan of, of of feminism. Yes, women should be in the kitchen cooking, and don't we know? <laughs> I know, no, as vice presidents, technically. <laughs> that's what but that's what it essentially boils down to. I think, listen, this, bless her heart for even showing up for the signing, 
for the swearing in, but she's not there for long. And as Miles rightly said, she's she doesn't have the charisma to to outshine. Um, I want to say Lady Gaga, Grace. Is is that what she's referred to on this show? Um, (laughs) The thing is, you see, every week people try to come up with these, you know, new things of how they refer to people. And these are the people who are Guararem Sangano, not me. (laughs) No, but sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, Miles. Miles, to challenge you quickly on, on, just to go back, on that tweet that you brought up. The Tendai one. The Tendai one. Yeah. Um, so he says this is proof that the Mugabe succession plan is now being executed. Are we sure it was the Grace, the Robert Mugabe succession plan he was referring to? But perhaps he was referring to the Grace Mugabe succession plan. Um, I think they're a team. I think they 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 sit down together and really plan this stuff. It's fifty fifty. They're doing everything together, so it's it's a joint one. But I don't think this was the succession plan. I don't think this was what he was really doing. I think he was pulling everybody together, the symbolism. And um, contrary to what people think, I think the attacks on Emerson will die down. Emerson won't. Nothing will happen to Emerson at the December conference. Um, He's got his eyes on the election first. Succession, I think, a succession plan will really be rolled out after the the election next year. And for Tendai Beatty not to see that, that you know, it's staring you in the face. Zano is pulling together. That's what this really means. You have to pull together too. And he just didn't get it. And they'll tell us next year election Yagarigua. So um yeah, we've 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 gone quite past our <laughs> usual no, time. It it's was fine. It's yeah, a, no, no, no. Okay. It is fine. <laughs> um but just said so we wrap up biggest winners, biggest losers out of this cabinet reshuffle. Uh Upenu, we can start with you. Okay, Webster Shamu as the biggest winner, biggest loser. Priska Mfumira. <laughs> okay, Priska I don't know. Why, I don't know. Okay, Priska Mfumira. I don't know why you're sounding a bit distant. Henry, biggest winners, biggest losers. Um, biggest winner for me is uh, Walter Mzembi, and uh, the biggest uh, loser is, is Chinga Dube. Uh, he he barely tasted power before he was uh, removed. Uh, so I don't think he was given his his his, his standards and a bit of time to eat. Man, like um, so. Ch- Ch- Chinga was <laughs> subbed in and subbed out. Like that was so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, but like... if you look like that, if you look like that, just being part of the team is. is I think he's just happy to be there. <laughs> That's like being a second half sub, and then you know being subbed out Mugabe, before the game. I think Mugabe was tired of looking at him in cabinet. To be honest. <laughs> wow, Henry. Wow. Um. Yeah. No, Chinga. Shame. For me, biggest biggest winner. I would um. I would say it's a tie between Mzembe and Shamu. Shamu Shamu is out in the cold and um he he's back now. And uh the biggest loser um when you're dropped from cabinet, I think that's it. So um Priska Mfumira from where she is to where she's gone now. Maybe they'll try find something or somewhere where they can slot up, but I don't know. Um Miles, biggest winner, biggest loser? Um, biggest winner, um, Robert Mugabe and Grace, because I think they're really lining up their ducks. They have a scheme, they have a plan, and they're slowly rolling it out. Um, biggest loser, um, the Zimbabwean economy. Mm. Like it's not listed. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> 
Alter, da war doch nicht mehr Bux. Oh, come on. I was so unacademic. I was very normal. I, I didn't try to be pretentious. <laughs> I've seen your website and and you and you you strike me as those guys that were unfairly unfair because kuma books my gonna I bet you in sport you're also quite talented and and you always used to be like sha how can this guy get everything actually actually I was very poor at sports and women very poor sports and women why are they in the same category I'm glad you separated the two people think women is a how is this Hansi, I was so clearly things have changed over the years. I don't know about the women, maybe sports. Wow. You've lost us as a constituent. <laughs> All right. Um 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 Doctor um what, do you have any exciting projects that um our 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 listeners should look out for and where, where can they find you online and um, read more of your or, or read your writings actually um, I wish I wrote more in, 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 in the public sphere I mean I, I used to do that in the past but um, I haven't been doing so as much um, of, of late writing in newspapers and the sort um, I I don't know. I think you, you, you. Sometimes you, you get to a stage where in in your life, and I think this is probably where, where I am right now, where you're a bit more, for some reason, hesitant about whatever views you put out. Um, and one of the reasons actually I agreed um, to, to 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 come on this show was, you know, it's 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 um, you know the the style the format in which it's done it was, it's just four of us um, sitting around having a conversation laughs and then the sort um, I didn't have to be particularly um, serious about putting putting across um, solutions or, or, or grand ideas I think I've just become more hesitant about about talking in the public sphere just more self-critical about um, about that that's that's what stopped me um, but project wise um like um, I've been very busy with a number of things. Um, I'm gonna we'll have a book coming out um, at some point um, about the the life of one Solomon Majuru. Um, that's my my big thing, and um, um, would like to um, uh, do a documentary to to accompany that as well. Um, that's kind of where I am right now, um, and then. You- Moving on from there, I think within like the the coming year, um, I think I really want to get something a, a book about why Mugabe lasted so long. You know, durability. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, I mean, why um, is he still no, here? No alcohol and uh, a relatively meat-free diet. Um, could be, uh, <laughs> <laughs> could be. But you know what I mean. I mean politically. <laughs> um, I think that's uh, that's a fascinating. Faithful to his wife. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 so his wife said. But it's an interesting question because you know it's it's a it's it's very rare that an uh, African leader, particularly, comes under the kind of international scrutiny and pressure and isolation that he faced for over a decade. And and come out of that um, still on top. Um, so I think it's an interesting question to pose. That yeah, that would be a, a an interesting study and a, and and certainly an interesting read. Um, uh, if you you know if people are are willing to open up, I'm sure a lot more people will be 
willing to do so in a post Mugabe era I wonder how you'd um, interact with certain people you know today what all these political sort of situations and issues continue to play out um, but yeah definitely looking forward to your book as well when is it coming the Solomon Mujuru one um, I don't know yet <laughs> I don't know. Depending on how 2018 goes, is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, um, depending on the publisher. In um, okay. the publisher asks. <laughs> when if you Basel, register to vote, you can get the book. Yeah, yeah. If you register to vote, you can get the book. That's a great. That's a great way to say. It. <laughs> so, so you heard it. Um, yeah, the blitz is happening. Just a reminder to everyone: the blitz registration is happening. Uh, so please make sure that you are registered to vote. Um, that's the first step. You have to be registered. So make sure you go out there. Um, yeah. So where can people find you online? Um, MilesTendy dot com. Okay. MilesTendy dot com. Thank you very yeah, much. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me. This has been fun. I'm very relaxed. You. Um, no pressure. It's just laughs and just. A, uh, we might get you back to talk um, to talk um, Brexit in Zimbabwe. That's uh, one. Yeah, happy, happy to yeah, get the British ambassador as well. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh yeah, that would be. Katrina. Kat- yeah, Katrina. the friend of the crocodile. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, you've been listening to Politics and Beyond on Capital 263. Please follow our page, um, Politics and Beyond, on Facebook. Um, follow us on Twitter at Polly and Beyond ZW. You can find me at Chris Charamba on all social media. I'm Upenyumakoni Matenga. I almost forgot my own name. Uh, Upe, at Upenyumakoni everywhere. And I'm at Henry Beatty everywhere. Yeah. And I'm Miles Tendi. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Cheers. Free to say it. Free to do Free it. To do it. <laughs>